All right, back here on the Sports Grind, presented by Dos Equis, broadcasting here from Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Sam subbing in for Mr. Bartlett. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Stoli Vodka. Keep in mind, established in 1938, they have an uncompromising spirit. It's the kind they believe they turn players into icons. They're 100% grain to glass. Stoli Vodka controls the entire production process, and there's no room for maybe. That is Stoli Vodka, official sponsor of the sports crime. All right, so I have uh, some questions coming in Facebook Live before we move that move on from that game last night. Matthew Gonzalez is checking in and says, you think the Broncos gave up too much for Wilson? I believe that question and that whole stigma of that is basically overrated. No, I don't think they gave up too much. Me personally, the only thing that they gave up that really is probably glaring a little bit, and I think the guy they picked up from Fort ers and that's Shelby Harris. Noah Fant, I mean, you saw him. I mean, he made some catches last night. So did Albert O. I, me, personally, Albert O is better because he's more available than Noah. The draft picks in the two first rounds, I mean, they've been drafting in the top 10, well, top 10 and 15 for like the last three, four years. They're one of the youngest teams in the league. They've got skill, but they know that's not enough. They didn't give up too much for Russ. I mean, I think it's a situation where you have teams that, again, if you don't have a guy like Russ, or you don't have one of these quarterbacks, the way the rules in the league is set up, you're not going to have a chance. Okay? We've seen Dak Prescott, which I want to basically transition into this. We've seen Dak Prescott go from the Cowboys in June was like a minus 140 to win the division. They were favored. The closest team behind them was Philly. When Dak Prescott goes down and he's supposed to be out six to eight weeks, the new odds on Dallas have come at a plus 600 to win that division. And that's a division that relies the Giants, the Washington Commanders, and the Eagles. So my point is, is that there's a lot riding on with you got a quarterback at that position or not if you're really going to have a shot. So considering the division they play in, the quarterback play in that division, no, I don't think they gave up. Too much for Russ. I really don't. And I think you kind of saw a little bit of that last night. I like the play calling and the way they move the ball. Denver hasn't moved the ball like that consistently in that kind of environment against a defense that's formable, against a defensive minded coach. They haven't moved that ball like that since the last year they won the Super Bowl when Peyton was there. The offense sucked in. The last time the offense has really been good in Denver was the time they set the record when they went on to get their ass kicked by Seattle in the Super Bowl. 1-800-707-9760. Moving on. So Dak Prescott, Jerry Jones does his weekly interview, uh, his radio interview that he does down there in the DFW area. And he came out today and said, hey, no, we're not in the market to go trade for a quarterback. No, we're not really looking to bring anybody in. We had a competitive, uh, you know, backup battle between Rush. And he was able to hold on. And I really think Dak could probably be back here probably about four weeks. And I'm thinking to myself, for one, I'm no Dr. Sanja Gupta, but he did have surgery. And I would imagine there's some type of plate in his hand. So to me, and I do feel this was Dak's throwing hand, right? Wasn't his throwing hand? Uh, the right thumb? Yes, on, a, so. on his throwing hand. So the question I have when I hear that 
Is that even the one thing I would have to ask to Jerry and even ask the Dallas Nation? Is that even smart? I mean, is that smart to really rush Dak back for one for number one? And number two, is it smart to bring him back and put him behind an offensive line like that? That obviously has issues. Dak was running for his life for the most part, moving around and under distress all night long. And that's just because now, granted, they ain't going to see a D line like that every week. But I don't me personally, I, until proven otherwise, I don't think they need a D line to see that week to give that offensive line. Have it. Is that smart? You giving this guy. What did that get? 150, 180 guaranteed. I don't know how much he got. What looks like almost like a bargain now compared to where these contracts are going. But you got him invested. Dak is not old. I don't think Dak is on the back nine of his career. I mean, he's just now entering his prime or about to enter his prime years. Is it worth it behind that offensive line where you're relying so much on a rookie and Smith? Does it make sense to go ahead and rush him back in four weeks? Because I really look at this as really now Drew Brees. Like I told you, this is the same injury that Russ had last year. Drew Brees suffered this injury a few years ago. I think it kept him out like five weeks. Now, the difference between the Saints and Dallas, they don't have a Jameis Winston backing up that, and they don't have a Sean Payton on the sideline. And a system that's been there for a while that they know and they can, com they can morph into some other way. And another thing I didn't really get into too much about that Dallas game the other night in Tampa, but I did talk about it on Friday when we previewed the game and we talked about it. Mike McCarthy then told the media and told Dallas Nation all season long they were going to be committed more to the run and the Z. I didn't see that. I mean, I know Tampa's got a pretty decent run defense. I didn't see really any commitment to really running the ball. Pollard, I don't think Pollard got enough touches behind to run the ball. I mean, I think Zeke looks in better shape. I think he looks like there is some explosive there, that, you know, some explosion back a little bit there. But we talked about it Friday. His numbers without Tyrone Smith in the lineup are horrible. But my whole thing with McCarthy, you know, you didn't. I mean, and it's week one. And Dallas is another team that didn't really play starters too much in the preseason. But. They're going to second year in their system. And I told you, I believe, like I said yesterday, Kellen Moore, his, he can script the first 10 or 15 plays of a game like with ease. But the in-game adjustments is just bad with him. What you got? Just on your point about not running the ball and kind of getting away from the game that McCarthy said that he wants to do, it's difficult to run the ball when you're behind already. And so... <clears throat> When you look at, I mean, combined, Dak Prescott and Cooper Rush, 42 passing attempts. And that, that's, that's comparing to 18 on the ground between Pollard, Prescott, and Elliott. And, of course, not all of Dak's runs were scheduled runs. So when you're playing already from behind against a team like the Buccaneers, then you have to go to the air game. And then it just hurts you that there, there really is – you know, there, there was some receiver help, but not a lot. Uh, they talked about the drops the other day, and then the DAC injury doesn't do anything to help that at all either. 
Well, I don't even besides so what you said. So now this week, game planning for Cooper Rush, now you should, now with a backup quarterback, now you should see the two-headed giant attack between Pollard and Zeke, well, and that's even, what they need. Even when the game was not really further behind, I didn't feel like they were that committed to the run. I mean, you can say that, and I just saw the Giants be down 13-0 in Nashville and came back on that back of uh, Shaquan Barkley. And they ran the ball, and they came back and won the game on the road. They also have a quarterback they don't trust up there. Yeah, but my point is they were they stayed committed to the run. Besides, they were down thirteen zero. You want them to abandon the run, but you say because the game once you get down what ten zero, you got to start abandoning the run. I don't say you abandon the run, but it but it's working it in there. And they were it was when you're playing from behind again. It's just difficult. I'm, I'm not saying you abandon it. But it's just difficult to work the run in there when you're when down when you're when you're down twenty one points. When you're down two touchdown scores, yes, it's hard to stay committed to run. Dallas was really never in that situation when the game was still in the ballots before Dak went out. He, you know, he talked about it all year. In my opinion, just after week one, it's week one. They wasn't really that committed to, to the run. Now, whether that's on McCarthy or that's on Kellen Moore, all I know for a fact, Kellen Moore cannot in-game adjust. He can't. And he's been there for three years now, at least, as the offensive coordinator, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, just a couple of years ago, we thought this guy was close to being head coach material. I don't see how that's possible. I don't see enough maturity in him, even an offensive coordinator, if you can't make adjustments. But I just believe, based off of Jerry's comments, back to the original take in the segment, I just feel that I don't know if that is smart to rush Dak out there in four to five weeks behind this offensive line. What are you really? They looked bad with Dak back there. He was running for his life. He got his hand broken because there's basically guys that had his hand in his face all night because their offensive line has been neglected. They spent all that time in the early 2000s and all that stuff building an offensive line, being disciplined. It became boring to Dallas fans in April watching the draft. Like, oh, another lineman, another lineman. But you know what? It worked. And for whatever reason, when the calendar switched to April, for the last few years, they've got, well, we're a receiver. We haven't had anybody worthy to wear number 88 for a long time. Like I said, Dak injury, Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones got blood on their hands. Part of Dak's injury. They've done nothing to protect them. I mean, look how much emphasis, Oh, I mean, over the years... I mean, look how much emphasis Denver has put in their offensive line, and they ain't had a quarterback even close to caliber Dak Prescott until Russell showed up. There's a reason why Rush went to a line that looked the way they did last night. Because they've put they've 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 had to strike out, shift in again, and they're protecting trash. Now, I don't think Dak is elite quarterback. I think you can win a Super Bowl with him. I think he's an above average, but is he is he in the conversation of Hibbert, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen? No. Of course not. I've never tried to say that. But I think you can win with them. I just think there's other problems and their culture problems, but we'll see how it goes. Because Mike McCarthy's reaction that the cameras caught right after the game, I mean, he can come in there today talking about, hey, Cooper Rush, hey, it's the challenge you go. His camera, the camera that caught him, what he and I read lips very well. The camera when the doctor came up and he's walking after his post game obligations, and then when he told him his hand, he said his hand. He goes, "You got to be effing me. You got to be essing me," and just shook his head, deflated. 
Because they put so much stuff on Dak. They, a lot of their offense and everything was all the chips in the Dak. Oh, we can let Wilson go. Dak can overcome that. Now, Amari, because of money, I didn't have a problem with that. So I'm not going to try to play hindsight. I, did, I, I thought they needed to move on from Amari because Amari Cooper was never there in big games. He was on the sideline for like a couple years, whether it was injury or they just didn't have him part of that play with, with playoffs on the line. So I didn't have a problem with that. But Wilson, a lot of other guys, and you really didn't address that, and you tried to patchwork it, they, they got the work cut out for them. They got Cincinnati coming in. Now, Cincinnati's got their own offensive line issues as well. But Cincinnati fan, and everybody's told me they fixed their offensive line issues. Burrow got hit. as I thought it was the Tennessee game all over again. He'll end up just like Andrew Luck if they don't do something quick. Chase can't, Jamar Chase can't cover that up. Okay, now they've got they've got to go into Dallas. I don't even know what that line is. Last time I, th- I think Cincinnati's like an eight point favorite, but we're gonna find out what Cooper Rush is. But they've never, never put emphasis on the backup quarterback position, and we've been talking about that all summer long and like really for last year. Even you go back to the Tony Roma, they never really. And a, there's a lot of teams that really don't have a serviceable back quarterback, backup quarterback, but Cooper Rush. We'll see. We'll see. 1-800-707-9760. Also, NFL, uh, before we move on, NFL news as well, too. Like I told you, this Thursday is a big game on Thursday night, Kansas City and Chargers. But we're hearing out today that Keenan Allen is going to be out for this game due to a hamstring situation. That's a monster game for both teams coming off short week. I mean, it's a short week on Thursday. It's the division game. I think Chargers have had success going in Kansas City the last couple of years. I mean, this is a situation where they can re- – and they were a lot of people's pick to win the AFC West, speaking of the Chargers. I think that they can really put a – not a stranglehold, but they can really send a message and get off to a start if they're able to go 2-0. and And especially, if I'm not mistaken, I think that game's an arrowhead. If I'm not mistaken, don't they have to go to Kansas City first? I believe the other injury news. T.J. Watt looks like he might have dodged a bullet with not a torn pectoral. That's a big, you know, that, that T.J. Watt is a guy that can. There's very few defensive players that can adjust the line that Vegas said. If you lose them, you normally that's quarterbacks. T.J. Watt's one of those guys that can shift the line even if he's out. Now he's going to be out this weekend. I don't know who does Pittsburgh have this week, and I haven't even can remember who Pittsburgh has. But he's definitely going to be out. But I think they dodged a bullet because I'm high on Pittsburgh's defense and what they're bringing to the table. Who does Pittsburgh have this weekend? Steelers are hosting the Patriots. Uh, Patriots minus one on the line. Yeah, that's. I mean, I would want to say that's Pittsburgh. The Patriots offense. They're, they're probably going to have one of the worst offenses in the National Football League. There's 32 teams in the in the NFL. I think Patriots going to be ranked anywhere from 29 to 32 offensively. That's just what it is. They don't have enough weapons. I mean, Pittsburgh's defense with or without T.J. Watt is is uh, serviceable. You know, I think they'll be able to win that game, in my opinion. You know, Bill Belichick definitely has his his work cut out for him as well. Also, we've got news coming in. I guess we can confirm this. Um We've had a kicker cut. Is that right, Jonas? Are we, are we, can we confirm this in regards to um, Specs and Indy? It's what I've heard. Okay. Um, with Blankenship. Blankenship. Okay. Uh, so, yes, they have uh, waived him pro, uh, pro football talk an hour ago. 
So, so they, the first kicker casualty on a very rough weekend for kickers. Um, I think that's an overreaction by Indy, if those reports are true. I mean, first of all, they went ahead and spent a – I think, if I'm not mistaken, Specs, I mean, he was all world at Georgia. I would like to think – I would say they spent a third or fourth round pick on him. Um, I'd have to check on that. But to me personally, I just think that that's overreaction. I mean, I understand he had two kicks out of bounds. What you got? He was undrafted in 2020. He didn't. They didn't use a round pick on him. Are you sure about that? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I thought they used the pick on him. Either way, I think that it's it's overreaction. I mean, you know, the Colts they go into Jacksonville this Sunday. They're zero and one. They're o o and one. That's another division game. That's a place they've lost seven straight times in Jacksonville. To me, what that shows me is Ballard. Frank Wright, that's one of those I'm feeling the pressure moves. The, the, to, to, to X a kick a kicker for missing one field goal in week one and pretty much, you know, kicking two field goals out of, out of bounds. I mean, two, you know, kickoffs out of bounds. And I didn't even put in the fact that, that Blankenship, he just had surgery last year. They pressed him up there in Indy. I believe. I mean, but I believe it's eventually you're going to run out of bodies to blame and cut and trade. I like Carson Wentz. I'm now Blankenship. There's going to be guys that wear Motorola's that you're going to have to basically go ahead and get out of there here pretty soon. They don't turn around. That's an interesting game in Jacksonville. Jacksonville blew a lead down with Washington. Could have been going into that game 1-0, but they're 0-1, and one of these teams are going to finish out of there 0-2. You listen to the Sports Grind, presented by Dos Equis. We're broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll get to Mike's phone call when we get back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail. Like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients. Just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang. Always bold, always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Crowd. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Professionalism, respect, accountability, and communication. These are the values at Tiger Sanitation, serving the needs of the greater San Antonio area. From residential to commercial waste and recycling services, Tiger Sanitation works hard to keep the communities they serve safe and clean. After all, as a local family-owned business, their families live, shop, and play here too. For more, visit TigerSanitation.com. Tiger Sanitation, official sponsor of the Sports Grind.
Listen up, San Antonio and Austin. Let me tell you about Stoli Vodka, our new partner. Handcrafted in Latvia, the award-winning Stoli Vodka has held the bar high for quality, combining innovation with century-old traditions to create something both refreshingly modern and exceptionally classic. Uncompromising spirit is the kind of belief that turns players into icons. 100% grain-to-glass Stoli Vodka's starting lineup includes the iconic premium cucumber, vanilla, raspberry, and blueberry. If you want to learn more, visit Stoli.com. Stoli Vodka, official sponsor of the sports crime. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, presented by Dos Equis, broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios, 1-800-707-976 is your number. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. If you're looking to step up your cocktail game or get insider info on seasonal releases, you can or order online for same day delivery all you got to do is go to specsonline.com because the fun starts here and keep in mind specs been doing it for not since 1962 they have a professional staff there and there's a note location near you that is specs official sponsor of the sports grind now that's what you call a historic franchise <laughs> all the jokes today all the jokes like man y'all swear that i picked you know which i got i got some texts and of course you can only imagine watching the game with ac last night i mean y'all would swear that i picked denver to go to the super bowl this year but i get it i mean a lot of this region and a lot of this city has only hated i mean i've lived here all my life and there's never been any type of hate you know they're like you know cowboy hate is different that's that spreads everywhere you know uh there's a couple other teams that you know you think man i just can't stand them there was no hate for this team in this city in this region until i became uh publicly you know known in this profession so i get it though but i told you this was going to be growing pains and and dealing with a rookie coach i had to learn the hard way uh from you know my man vic had to learn the hard way but before we go on let's go to the phones Let's go to Mike. Mike, you're on the sports grind here on Ticket 760-1300 The Zone in Fox Sports South Central Texas and Waco. What's going on? Yeah, yeah man, I'm, I'm going to talk, talk a little bit of NFL and college football today. Okay. Okay, listen, listen man. Okay, uh, okay, it's obvious that the Cowboys are not going to make a to bring in a quarterback. Uh, it's already uh, Tuesday, almost Wednesday. Cowboys, if they was going to bring in a quarterback, they would have brought somebody in so he could learn the playbook. It, it's it's really a shame, uh, my man. You know, like I say, I'm not a Cowboy fan, but Jerry Jones ought to be ashamed of himself. You know, they one of the richest organizations in, in football, and they can't even uh, get a quality backup because there's no reason for the Cowboys to ditch the season. They still got a good defense. They still got one of the best defensive players in football. And there's no reason for the Cowboys to give up on this season if they could get a decent quarterback in there to get the job done. Because I can promise you, Cooper Rush, from what I've seen on Sunday night and what I've seen in the, from last year, he's not going to get the job done. Now let's let's move on to Texas A&M and what happened to them over the last uh, over the weekend. Okay, they got beat by App State, which was a complete embarrassment. You know, 
uh, uh, I'm, you know, like I say, I used to like Jimbo, but I'm starting to believe some of the rumors that I heard about this guy that he took over the program, you know, with kind of Bobby Bowden's players when he won that championship. Okay, he, he signed last year the number one high school when they claim it was the best high school class in the history of recruiting, and yet he didn't get a quarterback. There was no quarterback that he recruited on his roster, and now you're seeing the benefits of him not recruiting a quarterback for his team. They can't move the ball. They got good defensive players, but they can't move the ball. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, he, he better try to get him a, re- a quarterback this offseason in the recruiting period, or he might find himself out of a job. And I thank you for taking my call today. All right, Mike. Thanks for the phone call. Um, look, I've always had respect for Jimbo as a head coach, seeing what he did at Florida. I didn't like the way he kind of um, – you know, left the program of Florida. I don't know if I'm going to buy in too much of, you know, winning, you know, a championship with, you know, Bobby Bowden, the player. Cause when Jimbo before Jimbo in the last years of Bobby Bowden, they wasn't doing nothing. I mean, people were, you know, calling for his job for, he was getting old to retire. I think Jimbo, but the one thing you did say, Mike, I agree with is I've said it since he landed and he got off the G four with his cowboy boots. Okay. Um, is that he's got to find a quarterback to go to A&M. Kellen Mond, you know, look, dad lives down here, nice kid, nice family. Kellen Mond's not it. He wasn't it. You know, he improved under Jimbo Fisher, but look, even at that level, college, as we talk about NFL, it's coming to the point that you got to have one of those kids too. I mean, you got to have a five-star at that position if you're going to win the way colleges even play. And I just feel that is a big key to him. And I also tell everybody, and, and I'm glad Mike basically called because it almost made me forget about circling back to Sark's press conference. So thanks that Mike reminded me that because we probably Austin was going to dodge a bullet on that one. But look, you know, it's one of those situations to where with A&M and Jimbo, they brought a lot of tension to themselves this offseason from the spat between them and Nick, him and Nick, the top recruiting class leading the most money given away in NIL, what it was, whatever it was. How do you deal with expectations when people are gunning for you? When they look at you. Now, that app is that program, that university, Appalachian State, has gotten some people over the last 20 years. You know, they compete. But still, when you get a little bit of success, how do you handle that? Because other teams start coming. That's the reason why. What happened in Austin Saturday was like, yeah, I, I had to believe it to see it. I didn't think they were going to hang with them that long. But also, they get in Texas on steroids. When you know Texas is all the way back is when they take that play and they can continue doing that regardless who they play. And every program should strive for that. If you don't, you're never going to win a national title. It's about consistency. You can't be up and down. You can't be an up and down on the chart. You know, just like my sugar levels got too high about four months ago. And I was like, damn, doc tell you that it's different thing and stuff like, man, man, doc tell you that you do something about it. Can't be up and down like that. Now to Sark. It's contradicting to me, man. You know, today he comes out in this press conference. Well, we got to be aware of rat poison. We all know where he got that from. But I've got to be prepared for rat poison. 
because he knows he has little brother coming into town. Speaking of UTSA. Well, wait a minute, Sark. I thought this was, I mean, if the Alabama game wasn't going to define the season, what UTSA game ain't going to define you. Why are you worried about rat poison when technically you didn't really lose the game Saturday? You just ran out of time. That's how you've been talking. But now today you got to be aware of the rat poison. Don't eat the cheese. Make up, make up your mind what program you want to have, Sark. Because honestly, if this one don't work out, I don't know if you're getting another one. Because there's a lot of people that really have a head have to scratch their head on how in the hell did he get the University of Texas job. And I keep saying this. The U University of Texas, that is a top three job in this America, not just college and NFL. But this week, we're we looking, beware of rat poison because you got UTSA coming in. Is Texas defense going to look like that against the bird? Huh? We'll see. Or did they play the national championship game Saturday, last Saturday at home? Only time will tell. When is that Red River this year? I mean, I know it's usually around the, 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 the same time, Jonas. Do you know when the, the Red River is in regards to um, Texas and OU? Because I don't know who they would be sandwiched in. In regards to that, I haven't looked at the schedule. Like I said, I know they've got UTSA this weekend, but when do they play that Oklahoma? Mm. It's on October 8th uh, after West Virginia and before Iowa State. So they're going to play West Virginia before they play that game. West Virginia's defense, you know, I noticed that in the backroom brawl they had with Pitt. They've got a pretty good defense in West Virginia. I don't know too much on the offensive side. But I don't know if that's a gimme. It just depends. Now, if they play the way they played against Alabama Saturday, the defensive line, at least for the first three quarters of the game, they should steamroll these teams. But the question is, are they? Can they can they get to that level? And that's when I believe you'll know if they're back or when they're back. 1-800-707-9760. Speaking of college, real quick, um, didn't get a chance to touch on this game yesterday either. Uh, but USC, wow. Lincoln Riley, it looks like he's mastered this transfer portal thing. I mean, USC, they've come out like a bat out of hell, and the offense looks running. I mean, he grabbed his quarterback from OU, brought him over there almost like a free agency move. And I'm thinking like, damn, well, who's going to challenge him in the Pac-12? I mean, Oregon got uh, – they got skull drug by Georgia week one. I don't know if it's him. Stanford, look, man, it's time for my guy, Mr. Brian Shaw. It's time for Shaw to test the NFL. Get out of there. I mean, this he's on the verge of what I saw them against USC. I mean, I didn't anticipate them beating USC, but I thought about competitive. I'm gonna it's early in college as well. We just had completed week one in the NFL. But Stanford looks like they could be on the verge of having. I can't remember the last time I've seen Shaw have like two horrible seasons back to back. Not easy to recruit at Stanford. 
I've been wanting to see Coach Shaw get in the NFL. He's respected. A lot of coaches in the NFL go and ask him during the offseason, hey, what are you doing here? Who's this kid? He's put in a, a lot of good, you know, offensive linemen in the NFL. I mean, he took over Hallball after he left. You know, he had luck four years or so. I believe I would love to see him at the NFL. I just feel like maybe I could be speeding, but maybe his time at Stanford has run the course. We'll see. But USC, I mean, I don't know who's – I mean, the only one that I would say, looking at the landscape of the Pac-12, I would still have to say Utah. I mean, I know Utah took a loss at a tough spot. You know, they were seventh. They went into Florida and Gainesville. They took the loss. But Utah, a lot of people were high on them in the Pac-12 winning. I, other than that, I can't think of the team that's going to really challenge USC the way they looked the first couple of years. And let me tell you something. I mean, again, if you get in a situation where you got a coach like Lincoln Raleigh that goes from Oklahoma, that's been rumored and flirted to maybe being, a, you know, a, a job with the NFL. He was on Dallas's radar for a while. If you get a guy like that that goes from Norman, Oklahoma and goes to California and he gets them in the playoffs and one of those spots in his first year, you know what that does? That only elevates the pressure from other coaches and other ADs and presidents to think, well, damn, it took Lincoln only one year. And I think that's also the problem that you have in college and especially with some of these other big contracts going out. There's a lot of there's a lot of alumni base. And there's a lot of athletic directors, I believe, and school presidents that are getting like unrealistic expectations because there's so much money at stake. From TV deals to donations, bowl games. And I just feel that you have a situation where, you know, one coach might be able to find success at a program and turn it around like that. And the transfer portal has helped with that. But for the most part, is it fair to go ahead and have everybody to those expectations? But make no mistake about it, USC looks pretty good in the first couple of weeks. And, and, and due to the fact of what went down in South Bend with Notre Dame and Marshall this weekend, We Are Marshall has totally taken that whole equation of that game second to last between USC and Notre Dame. Not a factor. Notre Dame was going to have to run the table and pretty much go into that game with one loss to have an opportunity. You got something, Jones? Oh, okay. Yeah, so we'll see how that happens. 1-800-707-9760. Also, what else? We talked basketball. We talked about in regards to uh, the Suns owner getting fined $10 million and suspended for a year for racial comments that's been known that he's been using for over a few years, anti-gay comments. But I want to see, I talked about in the first hour, I want to see if this kind of ratchets up people saying, hey, should he keep his job? And look, I know, I'm not sorry to sit here and call for the man that to sell the team because I know how hard it is to, be, to force one of these owners, whether it's NFL, NBA, MLB, to sell the team. There's a lot of money invested in that. It took a perfect storm with the situation with Donald Starling, uh, Sterling in pretty much the Clipper land. Had to have a chick set him up probably put stop payment or probably cut a credit card limit off. Pissed her off. Said, I'll get you, you old man. Screwed him. 
but but I mean, eventually things like that come out. But I think you know, Jonas said it made a good point. Let's see now. Now that the punishment's out, let's see if there's any backlash or people think that's too light. Because to me, a ten million dollar fine has been it's some it's some severe stuff they found in there. And they're just trying to hey, let's stretch this out till we get to week one in the NFL. Then we'll go ahead and put this out, and hopefully it flies on the radar. Because everybody tries to do news dumps right come September, early September when it comes because the NFL dominates the news so much when it comes to that also um what else did i want to touch on uh oh speaking of nba danny ainge utah jazz new president of operations and basketball gm uh he was quoted saying that he felt utah now keep it by he's he's traded donovan mitchell he traded rudy gobert i don't know who else has left he's gone but he came out and said you know what the utah these these guys didn't trust each other they didn't believe in each other and I started thinking, is that fair? I mean, are you too new on the job? I mean, I understand he came in like, what, midway last year, middle of the season, maybe a little bit early. You've been around maybe just not even a calendar year. Is that a fair assessment? Or are you just stirring soup? Or, and I don't keep my ear down up into Utah and those mountains and stuff, but I don't know if it's out there saying is the narrative there locally like, hey, man, what are you doing? You traded Gobert and Donald Mitchell. This is what we got back because they're all picks. And maybe Danny's trying to spin it, you know. Oh, well, Russ wanted to leave. He wanted out. Yeah, okay. Never was never, never was 100% behind him in the last couple of years, Pete. But he's trying to spin it like, hey, man, they didn't believe, each, they didn't believe in each other. I got to go ahead and let him go. That, that, came, that came across my radar. That was interesting for Mr. Danny Ainge. Now, can Danny Ainge turn it around out there? I don't know. That's another place hard to get free agents. Nobody's running to go play in Utah. Okay, I can't think of the last big free agent chose to go play in Utah. 1-800-707-9760. The one thing I do want to touch on before we get out here baseball-wise, you know, the rules came out. Change rules happened last Friday. We didn't get a chance to get to it because we were heavy into football this time of year. Um, the main thing that, you know, stuck out to me on two rules that they changed, and I understand, and this is really what that potential lockout was all about because I believe a lot of players had to agree with this. But the two that really stand out, I'm really not in. I'm ready to move on from the whole pace of playing everything was really the shift, the shift. And part of that, kind of in that same rule, is not allowing the infielders to play on the grass. They got to play on the dirt. First of all, Tony Gwynn's rolling around in his grave. Second of all, this just goes back to where we're at in this country, America, sports. How can we make it easier? It's okay. And also what this shows you, they, the genie was out the bottle. We've got too much of a generation that has been raised from high school to little league to high school to division one college ball to single A, double A, triple A. And launch angles, home runs, long angle. The whole thing of how to hit against a shift, that's all a generation just wiped away. It's basically just gone. So, therefore, baseball, you can't really go back to teach these guys that are the pros to really have that mentality of how to hit against a shift. What do you do? Just take it out of the game. Totally disagreed with that. I saw it coming. But I'm thinking, like, what the hell is it with infielders gotten having to play, can't play on the grass? You want more balls to drop in the shallow outfield? 
more bait runners on the bigger bases and more runs. Of course, there's a hidden motive behind it. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on it here and there. We'll get back to it, but want to put that out there. But that is a wrap for today. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark. Special thanks to Sam, summoning in for Bartlett, spin the one and twos. San Antonio, Austin, Waco, Temple, Colleen, people in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning before you hit the snooze button, before you're out the rack, just ask yourself, you grind in peace. See you tomorrow.